Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Hi, and welcome to the Better Together podcast. I'm Callie Picardo. And I'm Rosario Picardo. And today we're going to be talking about communication, how to communicate in a way that's better together. Communication can be one of those things that is very difficult. I mean, we even look back to the Bible and one of the curses uh, passed down from the Tower of Babel was miscommunication. And it was people not being able to understand one another. And of course, we see the reversal of the Tower of Babel in Acts chapter 1 and 2 with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit where people were able to understand the gospel and the message in their native language. And so there's something about communication that can tie us together, but also it can be a dividing point in our personal relationships whether it's at work, whether it's family, and even in the church. So I wonder if the Pentecost and the Holy Spirit help people to understand each other. You think the Holy Spirit could help us communicate better? I think so. I think we've got some hope out there. So if you've ever struggled to communicate with a person, maybe you all just never seem to be able to be on the same page or words always ended in tears or shouting, Um Welcome. We're going to be looking at how to have some better conversation today. And we just want to give you a few tools. Uh, Maybe they're things that are new to you or they're probably reminders as well, but these can be effective tools in communication. One of the things that we found most powerful is to assume positive intent. So whenever you're talking to someone, assume that they, whatever you're addressing, that they didn't mean any harm. So if you are addressing an issue, addressing something they did to hurt you, no matter what, start with assuming that if they did it, maybe they just didn't know why they were doing it. Or maybe it's from a deeper place of hurt within them um, that they just haven't gotten healing from, that that's where it came out. But if you start with assuming positive intent, you'll come from an approach more of love. You'll be able to love that person more going into the conversation, even tackling some tough topics. Yeah. So with that, it's really assuming that everybody has the best intention or best um, putting forth their best effort in the relationship or whether it's a task instead of coming at it cynically or in the posture of distrust. And so it can change our response to it because we cannot control uh, what the other person does, but we can always control our response. And part of that is having this um, positive intent mindset. So a small example, or we're not, don't want to share too much dirt on ourselves <laughs> right away, but you know, Say, for instance, Roz forgot to do the dishes last mm-hmm. night. I could assume, hey, he doesn't love me. He's not carrying his weight to take care of our family. You know, I could assume all sorts of negative things. 
Or I could assume, hey, he's had so much on his plate lately. He probably was trying to catch up on work and just ran out of time and just fell asleep. And I can ask him and he'll probably try to get to it today. You know, it's, you know, it's instead of waking up in the morning saying, why didn't you do that last night? You would probably love to wake Mm -hmm. up that way, wouldn't you? Uh, I can say, hey, I, I know you probably just got ran out of time last night. Do you mind taking some time to do it today? Uh, assuming that positive intent then really helps set the tone in the conversation because I think it can disarm people that may be getting ramped up. So if you come at somebody like the dishes, you know, heavy handed, of course, that's going to solicit more of an intense, possibly angry response. But if it's coming from that positive intent mindset, then I think it can be approached in love and really help the conversation go further and help bring clarity. So that's if you're starting the conversation, that's often a good way. But what if someone comes at you and they're attacking you and they are not assuming your own positive intent? Yeah, I mean, I think in those instances when they've happened, um, you know, you could either add fuel to the fire or you can try to extinguish the fire. And it's better, even in the words of Jesus, not to go at it. you know, an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. Um, but how do we turn the other cheek? It doesn't mean that we're going to be a welcome mat where everybody just kind of stomps their feet on us. But really our response, even in those times when someone's coming against us with anger, um, can really help diffuse a situation. So how do we how do we do that? I think the first one is de-escalate it. Um, if the other person is raising their voice, then maybe you need to speak softer. Maybe it's lowering your voice and really starting there. Well, and then that makes them quiet down because they're not going to be able to hear you if you if you're not if they're yelling over you. And so it helps them tone down, cool down a little bit. Um, another thing you can do is look for what they're saying underneath what they're saying. What is the unspoken underlying thing that has made them respond with such strong words? Um, You might be able to say, we'll go back to the dishes example, say Roz was awakened by me yelling at him over dishes. He might be able to say, hey, I know that probably made you feel like I didn't care or I wasn't listening when you asked. You know, if he came at me that way, I'd be like, oh, that that would disarm me to be like, okay, no, you 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 are hearing kind of what's going on underneath because often it's really not it's not about the dishes. You know, you can apply that to a lot of areas of life where if someone's coming at yelling, often it's not about the surface level thing. There's something underneath that's going on. Yeah, so it might be able to just kind of pause and be able to ask questions um, and never negate somebody's feelings. Uh, because it's their own feelings and feelings are of course subjective and so we we don't attempt to negate those but maybe asking you know tell me why you're feeling that way or hey I'm sorry you're feeling that way not that you're apologizing for the action at that time but perhaps it's uh, my friend's sad or my friend's upset and I don't want them to be upset I feel bad about that yeah it's a, or I 
that that seems to really upset you. Um, I, can you help me understand why that that hit you so deeply? You know, trying to kind of help. So sometimes people aren't even aware themselves why they are so upset. They just feel the emotion. They are angry. They're frustrated. They're sad, and it just comes out sometimes in unintended unintended consequences. I mean, that's a side note is just if you feel like you're responding strongly based on emotions to start asking yourself some own your own questions about your emotions um you know we can't always help another person be self-aware but we can start with controlling our own self-awareness gosh why do i always feel anxious around that person and kind of digging a layer deeper of questioning our own emotions can help us get to some root things of ooh, that person makes me feel um like I'm always at fault or I'm always wrong. Like, why is that? Like kind of digging a layer deeper in our own lives can help us uncover a layer that help, will help us communicate better. Um, and we've learned some things from our kids too, haven't we? Like, you know, sometimes our kids are dealing with issues on the surface and we're trying to figure out why are they having a meltdown right now? Yeah, and sometimes they just need a hug. Um, they need attention. And so we give them attention, uh, but it's not in the ways that they want because you don't reward bad behavior, but we may need to get down on their level instead of being authoritative and yelling at them. It's maybe uh, kneeling down and asking, hey, what is wrong? And I need you to talk to me um, in a way that is productive, you know, and not yelling or not screaming or crying, but in a way that's really communicating your feelings but sometimes we can diffuse that by just even asking them hey do you want a hug we get down on their level we're able to look at them eyeball to eyeball and that uh, can uh, be an example that applies to adult conversation as well i mean think about in the workplace you know if you've got someone that you supervise that you're talking to them across your desk from this position of power Maybe you need to come around and say, hey, come, let's sit at this table over here so we can be have a civil dis civil conversation or, hey, you know, you're if you're standing and the other person's sitting, pull up a chair and sit down next to them to get on the same level to look them in the eye, put down the cell phone so you can really listen um, and also try to use some of those good tools like reflecting what you're hearing in the conversation. Hey. I hear you saying this, is this right? You know, trying to summarize what they said, it helps the other person feel heard, but it also gives them the opportunity to say, not quite, like, here's what I really mean. So we want to provide, you know, having safe conversations, but also safe spaces in order to do that and being able to meet somebody, you know, such as moving from the behind your desk around into the open helps, I think. And that's a good tool too for if the conversation's over text message or over email. Always try to elevate the level of conversation. So if you're texting and it's not going well, or you're emailing it's not going well, you know, you can pick up the phone and call them. Or if that you're on the phone and it's not going well, hey, look, can we get together in person? And if you can't physically get together in person because of distance, hey, can we get together over Zoom? So we can at least see each other. You can see body language. Um, it helps you more quickly see that the other person is recoiling or not taking it well, that your words aren't coming across the way you meant them. So you can, it helps to be able to re read that tone of voice, read that body language 
and it breaks down some of the miscommunication. Yeah, I, I think um, we see this sometimes in the workplace where we send an email with maybe asking somebody to do something or needing something or maybe even reprimanding somebody when it's better handled um, and it could be heard more effectively, whether it's in person. Um, but then people end up going back and forth. And then a lot of times there's other people on those emails as well. So elevating the conversation, I think, um, can just really, it levels the playing field and how people receive those words. And again, mentioning other people, that's mm -hmm. a good point. You know, handling miscommunications in a setting where um, it's one-on-one -on -one generally goes better than in front of a group. You know, often if you're in a group situation and it is not going well and it's a head-to-head, -head, I mean, is there a way you can take that conversation offline? Um, it's if, Especially if you're in a meeting situation, it seems to be derailing the whole meeting. Like, hey, um, maybe we can put a pause in that. You and I can connect together because it seems like we're missing, we're, we're not connecting, you know, we're not understanding where Jesus is coming from. And let's move on to the next point. Or, you know, if there's a way to do it where you're not shaming the other person either, um, mm -hmm. but also to, how can you handle it with love? Yeah. And there are other times where, um, you know, instead of responding right away, um, because again, we can't control other people's actions, but we can always control our responses and our responses are going to help uh, really shape the end result. And so there are times where you need a buffer, um, you know, practicing what we call halt, which is common, but there are times where you don't need to respond right away. And um, if it's an intense exchange, maybe it's pause, hit and pause for 24 hours or several hours. But, you know, those times where we know not to, you know, communicate or not to uh, respond hastily is that halt, right? The first is when we're hungry. So if you forgot to eat lunch and you're super busy, um, sometimes you can get hangry, right? <laughs> I get hangry. Oh my goodness. If I haven't eaten, I'm, I, I need to stop and have some food because I can just tell I'm not going to handle it well. Or don't respond if you're angry. Um, because if you are a hammer, everything you see is going to be a nail and you're not going to be pleasant to be around um, in conversations. And so it might be just hitting that pause button and it might not mean meeting with people for that afternoon or that time period or getting back to that person that set you off or that situation that set you off. So. Don't be afraid to hit pause because you know what you need. And when you exceed that, oftentimes other people pay the price, including yourself. Uh, the L in halt is lonely. Um, I know when we feel isolated, when we feel all alone, we don't always make the best decisions. Also, when you're tired, that last T in halt is when you're tired and you just you, you can't think straight. You just You just need to go to bed. So there are times and places to have these conversations. So, you know, assuming positive intent, elevating the level of conversation and communication, seeking clarity 
in practicing these halt methods, I think is, you know, elementary as some of this means we don't always practice it, but if we do, I think we can have effective communication and live into the communication that God wants us to have among each other. And one last thing I'll say is tying it back to that Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in conversation. You know, the Holy Spirit came in Pentecost and brought communication back at a stronger level. So we've got the gift of God's Holy Spirit with us. Um, when you've got a tough conversation, you know, you've got to have pray, pray about how to say it, pray about when, when's the right timing. I mean, often I'll have something that I'm like, oh gosh, I need to talk to Roz about this. Like it, we're not on the same page here. Hey, he's doing something that assuming positive intent. Like, I don't think he realizes how it's making me feel like we've got to have this conversation. God, what is the right time? Like, when is the right time to approach? And often God will tell me, wait, but then there'll be a time where I just feel like God's saying, okay, now's the time to have that conversation. And it's often at a point where Roz is more open, um, where, he's not exhausted at the end of the day where it's just, it's a timing where it's more received well. And so often I'll sit on something and be praying like, okay, God, when's the right time? And it might be a little bit, but when the timing's right, it goes so much better. And often if you've got a hard situation, you've got to address, get a trusted prayer partner who will keep things confidential. There's an important thing. You don't want the other person hearing about it from that person before you get a chance to talk to, but you know, who can be praying with you even without knowing the details, but who will help surround that conversation and prayer. And then you can even be praying in the moment. Um, it might be, Oh Lord, help me. Especially if you're getting caught off guard with a tough conversation. God, how, how do I respond to this? And just you know, trying to, God, help me stay peaceful, help me to be loving, help me to be kind, um, you know, and praying for that person too. Um, especially if it's someone that's hard for you to be around, start praying for that person, um, and see what God does because the communication is a big way that we can love one another. Uh, and I truly believe that God wants to help us in that. And that's how we can be better together. We're signing off. Kelly and Roz, God bless you. And till next week, uh, be safe. Have a great week. We are coming at the end of our time together. The Better Together podcast with Callie and Ross Picardo hopes to help with pertaining issues to remind you that we are all in this together as we grow to love one another. Join us next time. Thank you for listening.